0: Hi, this is David Sachs, and welcome to Spiritual Tools for an Outrageous World. Every week we do a little couples therapy between us and God. It's a chance to deepen and explore our most important relationship. So, good yantuv, good Um, We're in the middle of Sukkot right now, and uh, just wanted to share some Torahs with you, some things that I learned, and uh, something special. So. So there's a uh, a disagreement uh, between between the Talmud and the Zohar. So the Talmud is saying that the the period of judgment ends on Yom Kippur. That's the opinion we've all lived with. We've all grown up with. Uh, we understand that. Um, but the Zohar says that the that the this period of judgment it really doesn't end until the last day of Sukkot. And of course, the last day of Sukkot has a special name. It's called Hoshana Rabbah. That's the, the seventh day. So, so what's going on? Is it like the Talmud says, that, that, that the judgment, you know, is, is sealed on, on Yom Kippur? Or is it like the Zohar says, that it, that it's really um, on the last day of Sukkot? So, Rav Frummer, who is of course the the Rosh Hashif of Chachme Lublin, which which was the greatest Yeshivah in the world, he gives a, a resolution to this um, to this to this contradiction. And and before we get into it, let me let me just um, throw in something that that you've probably heard before, but it's it's just kind of good to keep in mind. And 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 w- once you hear this, you, you'll appreciate what Rav Frummer is going to say in, in a moment because it's going to go even deeper. Okay. So we have during the during the course of the year, and especially Tishrei with all the holidays and everything like this, we have different rhythms going on, and and one of the the rhythms which is which is well known, is between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, and and that's a period where we're really kind of returning to Hashem from this place of of yira. So yira, of course, is. Is famously translated, or perhaps mistranslated, as fear, but it, it also means awe, and um, like we're always saying, it's it's really both, because there's the uh, there's the lower yira which which is fear, fear of punishment, right? But then there's the higher yira, which is which is awe, which is you're blowing your mind that 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 Hashem is so awesome that 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 you don't want to do anything, you don't want to do anything wrong, you don't want any Anything that you do to come between you and him in terms of your your relationship, your closeness, right? So that's that's Yira, and the period where Yira really reaches its full bloom is is between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Now, now next after that comes some Suk comes sukkas. and of course the the Ari says that that the the Sukkah the that that wonderful like. Divine structure, which is like the Holy of Holies, right? That that's a divine hug, you know, because it's you're you're surrounded. You're surrounded in Hashem's presence. I heard something so beautiful from Rabbi Trugman. He said, uh, you know, one of the one of the main parts of of the Yom Kippur service is, is the Kohen Gadol, the, the High Priest of Israel, goes into the Holy of Holies and he he fills it with the, with with incense. So there's like this this uh, smoke, you know, filling filling this room. And and he asks, he says in the name of the Hasidim that they, they ask this question, and I love this question because I never would have thought of this question in a million years. So the question is, after he fills the room with smoke, right, where does the smoke go? Right? Awesome question, right? You, you never ask it. You never ask it. And the answer is even deeper. The answer is that the smoke becomes the walls of the sukkah, right? And then he brings another teaching, another awesome teaching, which is everybody knows on Rosh Hashanah you blow a hundred shofar blasts, um, and and the the thing that really turns a sukkah into into us into like a mitzvah into like the like the mitzvah to build a sukkah, right? Because it could just be an, you know, like an architectural kind of construct, right? But what makes it like a holy Jewish sukkah, like a distinct, a distinct, you know, structure, is the schach, the the um, palm fronds or the bamboo mats or whatever it is, the, the stuff on top. So the gematria of schach, believe it or not, is one hundred. So in other words, the hundred shofar blasts of Rosh Hashanah becomes the schach, the stuff that turns it into the sukkah, and the incense smoke that fills the Holy of Holies becomes the walls of the sukkah. So so everything, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur is all coming together in sukkahs and, and in the sukkah itself, like we, like we just mentioned. Um... And then, and then we have to put it together. You know, these are sort of like the deeper sort of metaphysical aspects of it. But, but we actually have to assemble this in, in reality, um, even though what we just described is the essence of it. Now, of course, one of the great gamaches is, is echad, one, right? Because we have to make it all into one. Echad is the same gamache as ava, as, as love. And and that's really the tshuva, uh, the return of of sukkahs, is is we're coming back to Hashem with love. So so again, the two primary rhythms are returning to Hashem with yira. That's between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, and then we we put it all together and we and we do it with love, and that's sukkahs, and. Um, of course, the Talmud says that if, if someone returns to God from the place of Yira, well, any past wrongdoing they did it just turns into accidental mistakes. But still, it's on your record, you know, they're, they're mistakes. Um, but if someone comes back to Hashem with love, anything that they did, even transgressions, actually turn into merits. So, so that, that's the greatness of love. Okay, so now let's get back to Rav Frumer. Remember, we're trying to resolve this contradiction that he finds, which is in the Talmud, it says that the period of judgment ends on Yom Kippur. And in the Zohar, it says that the period of judgment ends on the last day of Sukkot. Okay, so now let's hear what Rav Frumer says. So he says like this, that between... Rosh Hashanah, and Yom Kippur, you get a lot of help from God. And these are really considered like, you know, in many ways, the highest days of the year. God is beyond close. And, and he brings a halacha, very interesting halacha, he actually brings it multiple times that I've seen already, but he's always bringing this halacha in a, in a different way. So it's always very interesting. So, so so I'll tell you the context this time. He brings in the name of the Magin Avraham, who is a one of the great poskim, one of the great halachic deciders in Jewish history. Um, and and he poses the following uh, halachic question, which is if you have a cuton, that means a a minor, right, under bar mitzvah, and he's holding a pen, and it's Shabbos, and you, you can't write on Shabbos. So the the minor's holding a pen. And someone above the age of 13, a guddle, holds the miner's hand and moves the miner's hand around so that the miner is writing. So the question is, did the miner do anything or is it on the gadol? Okay. So the answer is the Magin Avram says it's on the gadol. It's not It's not the cutting because, you know, someone greater was directing his hand. So, so he sees something deeper in this. Who's the guttle? Who's the who's the the larger one? That's God. And and we are, so to speak, the cutten or we are perhaps even the cutten and the pen in the hand of God. And God is moving us around. He says that's between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. In other words, as much as we're praying, as much as we're fasting, as much as we're maybe even getting up early to go to slichos. I mean, there's so much inner work that's going on between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Nonetheless, Hashem is giving us so much siyata de Shemaya, so much help from heaven, that really, you know, really it doesn't count so much. So, so what does he mean by that? He's really trying to tell you that, that it really goes like the Zohar, that the end of the judgment is really at the end of circus, Because after Hashem picks us way up and gives us tremendous inspiration, now he wants to see, what do you do with that inspiration? And that's going to be the decisive factor. And so I came up with a bit of imagery. So, so imagine, you know, um, imagine there's a beauty contest, uh, prettiest house on the block wins right? And the director of the contest gives everyone, everyone in the house, he provides them with, with house painters, and gardeners, landscapers, right? And you get all the help in the world to make your house beautiful. Okay. So they, they look at the houses. And then they say, Okay, now comes part two. Now we're going to walk into your house. Uh, Okay, that's something else. (laughs) and they're not giving you any help let's see what the inside let's see what the inside of your house looks like okay so so how much are you loving how much is your heart loving you know this blew me away you know what roughfirer says he says the inside of the sukkah that is the heart you're walking into your open heart. Amazing. The hollows of the heart, right? When you walk into the sukkah, that's your heart. So, and and that's the time of love. So, so the question is, because you see, there's really so much to do. And if you really are going to do it, but in a real way, it has to come from a place of love. There's no other way. There's no other way. And, 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 and that's what comes with circus. And now I just want to, that's, that's Rob Frimmer, we're finished with that idea. So, so these days are so valuable, they're so precious. Um, it's a way for us to take the inspiration that we got, and then just kind of make it our own just make it real put it into the world in a real way and and I want to just maybe just finish up with a with a teaching from Reb Shlomo that every year I go back to and every year I see more in so so he says he says I'm going to give you a test do you do you want to know how you can tell how much you were forgiven on Yom Kippur He says, the answer is, how much at home do you feel in the sukkah? And I'm going to try to explain that in my words, okay? So, you know, everyone's been hugged. And you've been hugged by someone you love and someone who you love. And you've also been hugged by people that you really don't care for. I, I just got the world's schwachest hug just n- not so long ago. You know, you got like a real hug. That's two arms around the person, right? So this was a one-armed hug that I got. And the person was patting my back with the one arm as he was hugging me. It was like, wow, okay. So, so anyway, how much at home do you feel in the arms of another person? during that embrace, right? Because the Ari says that the Sukkah is a divine embrace. So how much at home do you feel in Hashem's hug? And to the extent that there's that oneness there, that's the extent to which you're forgiven. Because you can kind of disappear into someone's hug in a beautiful way, right? So so if that if that level of sort of um, simpatico exists, then then you know for sure, for sure, for sure you are absolutely forgiven. Okay? So um, we're still in the middle, and tonight it's Rabbi Nachman of Reslev's your site, Nachman Ben you should be. Mishama should climb higher and higher and higher and higher. She can continue to be a great light. And uh, and good yantuv, good yantuv, good good yantuv. She'll be a good, sweet year. Hi. Just a reminder, we're doing these talks live on Zoom every week. So if you'd like to be part of it as it goes on, and there are questions and answers at the end, you can ask a question if you like. Uh, We'd love to have you and become part of the community. Just subscribe at Torah on iTunes.com.